0: have this time set apart to be with you thank you lord that you have appointed this time and we just continue to ask you holy spirit to come and dwell in this room we thank you for the angels that are encamped around us and that your truth and your love is just soaking into every bit of what's happening today in our hearts and i pray your spirit would just rest on the way to that you would fill her god with exactly the words you want her to say and that you would fill us with the hearts to receive exactly what you want us to receive and we just declare that we will do that. We say yes to that word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Laura. Well, I am so honored to be here today. Oh, my goodness. Y'all are so beautiful. I mean, your faces are just, you're just beautiful. And I'm so humbled that um, Bonnie asked me to come. And uh, I've been so excited that I couldn't really sleep last night. And, and just to be able to come and share with you some things. Now, uh, Laura is passing out some bells, so I'm kind of waiting for her Uh, to finish that. Uh, There's something very specific about the bells, the reason I brought them. Um, It means a lot to me, especially in this season of my life, and I'm already going to start crying, so I'm going to have to. (laughs) But um, uh, bells can signify freedom, victory. When you're at a football game, you know, sometimes they ring that cowbell, you know. Now, these are little tiny bells, because we couldn't find that many big, you know, the... For a group this size so we got some little tiny bells and they're yours to take home but um i just hear the sound of freedom in this room i hear the sound of victory it doesn't matter what your past is it doesn't matter what you've walked through it doesn't matter what you're facing i hear the sound of victory because we serve a mighty mighty god and i tell you what y'all can you know what um I don't mind if y'all just say amen or jump up, ring your bell or whatever. I want y'all to interact with me. So um, I I like that. I'm not real stuffy. I don't know how to, you know, I, I look at some of these speakers, Bonnie, and they're so demure. They're so, you know, composed, and I'm just wild. So I'm just gonna tell you that ahead of time, but God has brought me through some stuff, and I just can't be real quiet. So has everybody got a bell? Okay, now, if you're like me, if somebody said a bell in front of me, I'd want to stand up and ring it. So just stand up and ring that bell for all you got right now. Come on, ring that bell. Come on. Hallelujah. There's a change happening in the Spirit. There's a sound of victory. There's something being announced in the Spirit. There's a change today. Amen? Amen. Do just a little bit longer. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Well, I'm going to tell you more about that whole thing a little bit later, okay? But I want to start off. Bonnie gave me, she gave me permission to be real, okay, and to be vulnerable. You may... Look at me. Well, not right now. Obviously, you can tell something's different. I don't normally walk around like this. It didn't take me very long to fix my hair before I got here today. I'm going to tell you that right now. But, and I'm sorry, I, I still have get a little short of breath right now. But she gave me permission to go deep and to be real. You ladies up for that? Because, see, it's when you let God go right where he needs to do, that's when he can dig out of you, remove the putridness, remove the poison, and heal you up. As long as it's hidden, you stay sick, amen? So I want to read this something out of the um, Laura Carr, my little friend back there. She got me this beautiful devotion book. It's called, I Hear His Whisper for Women. And for today's reading, it just sets it up. It says, I never, ever leave. I am with you today, beloved. Don't you know that it's a promise that stands the test of time? I have found that to be so true. I never leave my beloved ones. No. I never abandon my own. Other people may. I am present with you. I will not hide my love light from you. I will draw you close with loving kindness and comfort you with the cloak of my wraparound presence. Mm, Doesn't that sound just wonderful. Even if you are completely alone in your life with no friend or parent to turn to I'm with you. Some of you just need to if I said nothing else I could turn around and leave if you just took that in. I am am right here right now so pour out your heart before me. I'm listening. Don't hold back. Just lay it all out there. That's the kind of girl I am. Just lay it all out there. Nothing you could say would ever push me away. I am here for keeps. My love for you is like a flowing fountain full of crystal clear waters. Step in and find yourself refreshed. Nothing can talk me out of my delight in you. He delights in you. Even if if just for a few minutes bask in the the life light of my joy today, which is what you did a moment ago. And the scripture verse is Isaiah 30, 20. Even though the Lord may allow you to go through a season of hardship, listen. Even though the Lord may allow you to go through a season of hardship and difficulty, he himself will be there with you. He will not hide himself from you. There's times I've tried to hide from the Lord, but he's never hidden from me. Never. There were two, I'm going to share with you two very specific times I heard the voice of the Lord. One was actually audible. One and only time ever. And then another time is just recently. Okay, so get ready to go on this little journey here. When I was nine years old, my mom and I were uh, outside of Lubbock, Texas, a few miles out, and it was like, like getting dusk, and uh, it was just me and her. That was 1972, in case you want to know. That's how old I am. <laughs> I'll be 58 in a couple of weeks. And so back then, you didn't have to wear seatbelts, belts. Okay. Some of y'all may not, cannot imagine that, but you didn't have to wear seat belts. And so, mom and I were driving. Well, I, actually, I was not driving, let me clarify that. <laughs> but we were going along, and uh, I was tired. So I just laid my head over on my mama's right thigh while she was driving. I laid down, and just a few seconds later, I heard a man's voice in the back seat said, get up! I rose up and I looked behind because I knew it was just me and Mama. There was not a person in there. But I rose up and turned around and looked just in time to see that my, my, my mother had the window rolled down, wouldn't have air conditioner. And while she was driving, she passed out at the wheel. And her head laid over on the window sill. And she started foaming at the mouth and her eyes rolled back behind her head. I'm nine years old. And when she passed out, her leg went down on the accelerator, her foot, all of her weight. And I've not been to church maybe once or twice in my life. And I don't know how I knew to cry this out. But I looked at my mama and I looked at the traffic and I was a little skinny sickly girl and I, there was a wail well, that came out of my spirit that said, Father! I didn't even know to call him Father. I had no idea. But what came forth from me was what I was missing. The cry that I didn't even know to cry or the word to say. I didn't say, Oh God. I didn't even say Jesus. I said, Father. Because see, I didn't have an earthly father and I hadn't been taught about my heavenly father. My mother had been married six times. She's an alcoholic, in and out of rehabs. And that what was missing I allowed to come out of my mouth. What I needed cried out of my spirit and God answered back with what I needed. Now, I am in a panic, terror-stricken trying to figure out what to do. I was never one of those kids that their mom let them play with a steering wheel or, you know, anything. So I didn't know what was the accelerator. I didn't know what was the brake. But after I cried out, Father, I know there had to have been an angel in that car. And I somehow was able, while we're weaving in and out of traffic, I was able to push her leg off the accelerator And I took the wheel. And I just, it's just like I had been driving my entire life. I was able somehow to get a leg over. I got a hold of that wheel. And I know God had an angel helping me weave out of traffic. And I pulled over to the shoulder just as slowly and perfectly. Once I go to the shoulder, I put it in park and I turned off that key. And by this time, it's dark. I mean, it's getting darker, and I'm sitting there screaming. I got out of the car. I began running up and down this highway. And I began screaming, help. People are just passing us by. No, st- I mean, a, a little girl screaming. Finally, an older Christian couple came back, turned around and to see what was wrong. And about that time, my mama was coming. I don't know if she had a seizure. Um, I don't know, but... But when I saw her with her eyes rolled behind her head and the uh, foaming at the mouth, at my nine-year-old mind thought that she turned into a monster. And fear overtook me. I wanted to be with my mama, but I was afraid to be with my mama. And my mama was caught in a trap of drinking. See, it was something that was passed down in generations of my family. I'm not talking about just drinking. I'm not talking about getting drunk every once in a while. I'm talking about getting up in the morning, starting to drink a fifth of vodka, a fifth of whiskey. Are y'all with me? Can y'all handle this? Because I don't think I'm the only person that's dealt with stuff like this. And she would pass out. My uncles did that. Uh, My grandpa did that. I found out later my biological dad did that. And so that was, that was, she was caught in a trap. She loved me. She loved me with every ounce of her being. She was in a trap though. And she drank for years. But you see, because mama was so wounded, she had had a difficult childhood. She had been abused. She was trying to medicate that pain. And she was trying to fill that void with men. Another person cannot fix you. It doesn't happen. An earthly human being cannot fix what needs to be fixed in your life. And so that's how I grew up. There was men in and out of our lives. Either they were a husband or they were boyfriends. And I was sexually abused a lot. I lived with this uncle, that uncle. I lived with my grandma and grandpa. I'd go back and live with mama. And uh, when she wasn't in jail or running, trying to outrun a warrant. And that was just the way. That was my normal life. That was the way. I didn't know any different. I didn't know anything could be different. And I had such fear. I had such rejection. Um, I think the worst was my uncle, her oldest brother, who was an alcoholic, and he was a mean drunk. He's the one that sexually abused me the most. And, And I mean, that was more, that was just like a betrayal, you know what I mean? And I felt abandoned. I didn't know my actual, and I'm gonna get to something good in a minute, okay? So just hang on, okay? I had, if my, if my biological dad had walked up to me, I would not have even known it. I, they got divorced when I was real little, and I met him when I was 10 years old. This car thing happened at nine. He came up to the school, and I got called to the office, and the vice principal introduced me to my dad. He had gotten saved. He had a, a family, and he was going to church. And he led me to the Lord. So I was crying out for a heavenly father to come and rescue me in that car. And then he actually sent, who I had no relationship with all, my biological dad. Now, we're not real close. We don't live close together. But I will forever be grateful that man led me to the Lord. You see, the Lord can take the most difficult, bad things and turn it around for good. But I'll tell you who I leaned on to be my father. That was my heavenly father. He became my father. I would, I would talk to a little girl, I would talk to him about everything. Lord, help me to pass this test. Lord, help mama to stop drinking. Lord, I just give you my life and cried out to him. And he literally, that, that, that spirit of adoption, it was like I was an orphan. It was like an orphan spirit. You ever You know what I'm talking about? But it's like that spirit of adoption that talks about in Romans 8, I think. That the spirit of adoption will take you up where you cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, God. See, he wasn't just this, he is holy. He is holy, and I revere him. But he wasn't just a God sitting on a throne that I couldn't approach. He was my Father. And if I hadn't got that relationship, I would have followed in the same steps. Don't you think and don't, that the devil didn't try to pull me into the same traps that my mama and all of them were, because he tried. My mother sang in bars. She and I stayed in a lot of bars. And the enemy was trying to pull me into that. And see, I'm, just, I'm trying to teach you just real quick before I get to the better stuff that the enemy will, will, would like to pull you into a lifestyle that's been passed down to your family. But you know what the Lord told me at 12 years old? Get this, He's, and I'm fearful, I'm scared, well, I'd keep my head down, I would pray the teacher would never call on me, I was so full of re- rejection and pain and heartbreak, confusion. He said, Luada, I raised you up to be a generational curse breaker. I was like, what? Yeah, ring that bell. He, I mean, I looked, I mean, I'm like, really? I'm 12 years old going on about 25, though, because I was really my mother's mother. And he told me that. He said, I'm going to teach you how to break off those patterns and strongholds of living and thinking and behaviors. And, of course, then the enemy was like, oh, oh, I'm going to drag you in it. But the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus and the power of God held me. I'm not saying I've been perfect and I haven't made mistakes, but I stand here today not an alcoholic, not into sexual perversion and incest. I mean, let's just be real. Can we call it what it is? Uh, It goes on in this world, does it not? But instead, instead of it passing down to me, it didn't go down to my children and it hasn't gone down to my grandchildren because when it came to me, it bumped up against the blood of Jesus. When it came to me, it bumped up against the name of the Lord and he could not overtake me. It's not because I'm so such a spiritual giant. No. It's not because I've been so perfect. You know, my I have a TV program. That's only the mercy and grace of God. Half the time I don't even know what I'm going to say. It's because... God has been big in me and good to me. It's not because I've done all these wonderful good works and deserved it. But he began to reach me when I was a child. I am convinced that had he not, because see what doesn't get broken in one generation passes down to the next and gets stronger. That's why I'm looking at a whole room full of generational curse breakers right here. It's no accident that you're here. You can do it just the same as I did because it's not in your own power. It's the name of Jesus. Sorry, this chemo makes me have to have water. Go ahead. Would y'all ring those bells for a minute? I believe I'm talking to the right crowd this morning. I believe that y'all will respond to the word of the Lord and rise up and be big in God for your family. And let me tell you about your children. Let me tell you about your children. Don't ever discount what God can do in your children. At nine years old, God is talking to me. At nine years old, he says, get up. And he's been telling me that my whole life because I've had some hard things hit me. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you don't go through some difficulties. I wish it meant that. But that is not true, right? It is not true. But he told me to get up and he, I, he helped me to get up. And every time I face something, he helps me to get up. It's same for you. Do you think he loves me any more than he does you? Absolutely not. Am I any smarter or more talented than he? No. I have a GED. Didn't take one college class in my life. But I'll tell you what is my college. It's right here. And it, I'm sorry, I, I refuse to get rid of this Bible. <laughs> it falls out. But I began to devour the word of God because it was my lifeline. And I began to pray scriptures over my family, over myself, over my mind. Oh, my word. You can't, I mean, if you have all that that happened to me, you got some warfare up here. You got to have some straightening out. And I began to declare I have the mind of Christ. I do hold the thoughts, intents, and purposes of his heart. I begin to declare, I'm a disciple, taught of the Lord. Great is my peace and undisturbed composure. I begin to declare, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a calm, well-balanced mind, discipline, and self-control. Sorry, I quote, amplified, And (laughs) And that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I have had some rough things that I have had to rise up and do and face. But it wasn't me; it's the power of a living, miracle-working God. The fact I'm standing in front of you right at this moment is a miracle. I should have been in jail or in prison or out on the streets. My mama, because we had no food. And we were living in a car. She sold her body. That could have been me. That should have been me in the natural. But God can come and you can... I had a divine encounter with God at nine years old. And it has forever changed me. Here I am 58 years later. I am telling you, if you've never had one, today's your day. I am telling you, if you had one last week, you need a new one. I'm telling you that you can do whatever you need to do. There is nothing so hopeless. There is nothing so traumatic. There is nothing so big that your God can either get you through or get you around it. Not one thing. And I want to tell you, you know, I don't like to go into this part, but you need to hear this. If you've been in an atmosphere and raised in a family that there was sexual perversion. Let's call it what it is. Mm Incest, abuse, and just, I mean, not even a normal lifestyle at all. That thing tries to attach itself to you so that you propagate that, even as women. You don't have to. You don't have to go that way. You don't have to go down the pathway that the enemy would try to pull you down. And I prayed and I began to realize the enemy was trying to tempt me and pull me off. And I prayed, God, hold me. God, keep me when I don't want to be kept. God, help me. God, use me for your glory. Give me strength, God. And at 12 years old, I was saved at 10 when my biological dad came into my life. which is an absolute miracle. And then at 12 years old, I asked the Lord to fill me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is that, uh, that's that energizing power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, uh, gifts of tongues, uh, healing miracles. It's just, it's awesome. But it's energizing, it's life-giving. It's the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that quickens your immortal body. The Bible says you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And see, I knew I didn't have the power on my own. I had to have help. And I am so grateful. And I'm not trying to paint a picture that I am so perfect and all of that. I make mistakes like everybody else does. But my lifestyle is not what I grew up with. And that is a miracle. Amen? And uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all with me on this, okay? I, uh, and, and God, I, I took the Word of God and I began to pray it, read it. And um, when I was a teenager, I started. Nobody else in my family is going to church. Everybody else is drunk. The, uh, aunts and uncles have pulled knives and guns on each other. I am not kidding. I'm really not kidding. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I'm like crazy, crazy stuff, because it's just too real for y'all. Okay. Thank you. I thought maybe I thought Bonnie might be going. Oh my word! I don't know what I what I've unleashed here. Oh dear God, help us. <laughs> but. The Word of God will change your mind. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the water of the Word. And the more you read the Word, it will begin to change the way you think because you can have a stronghold of wrong thoughts. A stronghold is a house made of thoughts that has a strong hold on you. And that stronghold of alcoholism and not even going to all the depression and all that kind of stuff. But those things had to be broken off, right? And you can do that through Christ. So I I begin to realize that that's what the Word says. I'm going to tell you what, the Word is not boring. The Word is alive. And you know what? I didn't like to read. So I said, Lord, I don't have any desire whatsoever to read the Word. He already knew it, so I might as well just tell him. So would you please put that in me? Lo and behold, I'm on TV preaching it. I'm on the radio preaching it. Without a degree, without Bible college. Because, see, I have an experience with God. I wish I'd had gone to college, but my life was a mess. I just ran off and got married just thinking that he could fix me. And, and dear Lord, there, nobody could have fixed me. It had to be God, continue to work with me. And it's just the word... encountering God so I want you to begin to have a change of mind I know y'all have my your your mamas you got babies you got kids and when I had my children I was like oh God you got to help me you got to help me because my kids ain't gonna go that way and I can't fix this you got to help me he will help you be the parent that you need, he will help you to break off the generational curses. He will help you to begin to train them in a new way, a new way of thinking. Do y'all believe that? Amen? Amen. And it starts with you being retrained. So, let's see here. I don't know how long I've been talking. (laughs) So you just pull me off whenever I need to, you know, just come and jerk me. It'll be okay. And so... (laughs) But you know what's so cool is all those places in my life, really, every single time I was abused, every time I was left and abandoned and rejected, all those things, all those things that happened to me, you know what, I just love to beat the devil over the head with it. You know how? Turn around and ministering out of that to somebody else after God has healed you up. Come on, you, I see a room full of ministers, amen? Yes, yes, that's what I see. I see a room full of powerful, overcoming women who can take the ground, who can take their land, who can lead their family in a new way. That's what I see, and you need to see it too. See, when all you see is yourself as a victim and all you see yourself as abused, then you can't see yourself as overcoming. I I love the saying, you can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you can't be pitiful and powerful. I choose powerful. And I've had reasons to feel sorry for myself before. And I had to jerk myself out of there. Girl, that ain't getting you anywhere you need to be. That feeling sorry for yourself and pitying you, it ain't going to help. That pity party, nobody else wants to come to it. So you might as well get healed up. And God is so good, he does it. And so you can have that transformation. Boom. One encounter with God can hold you the rest of your life, but why limit to one? (laughs) You could have it on a regular basis. Amen? So and I I wanted to finish my thought about your children. I began praying. Well, let me say this. I know that I know that I know. Me and Mama would have been killed on that highway. That's what the enemy tried to do. And when my mama was pregnant with me, she got beat in the stomach. The devil was trying to kill me. Look who's standing here today, praise God. But God showed up on the scene when a little girl that didn't even know anything about, I hadn't been taught anything. And when I cried out, Father, he helped me. And we got out of that alive
1: is a miracle.
0: And then I started praying. Don't discount your children's prayers. Teach them to pray. I started praying, Lord, save my mama. Lord, heal my mama. Lord, deliver my mama. Lord, I just pray that she would get free from alcoholism. Lord, help my mama. And I would, grandma and grandpa live, we lived in trailers. They weren't good enough to be called mobile homes. And grandma and grandpa lived right here. <laughs> and we lived in a little, little bitty beat up travel trailer right next to them. And when Mama would be out drinking, because, you know, we wasn't always there where Grandma and Grandpa were, but when she'd be out drinking, I'd be up in the, in the Grandma and Grandpa's trailer, and I remember seeing her come falling into the trailer, and I'd say, Lord, Lord, save my Mama, deliver my Mama. And when I was 12 years old, she got saved. She had, was, she had just gotten out of a rehab. They could, none of the rehabs, she was, God bless the rehabs, but none of them helped her. And she was 100 pounds, and she was jaundiced. She had wine sores all over her body. She cried out to God. And she never drank another drop for the rest of her life. She said, Amen, Amen. She's gone home to be with Jesus now, but she, she, God set her free. So you need to turn your children loose to pray and see what God will do. You teach them to pray. It doesn't have to be any fancy, anything fancy, and God will move. Now, I want, so that's the first time and the only time I've ever heard the audible voice of God. Um, the second time I want to share with you is I heard in October of 2020. And I hear the Lord talk to me all the time in my heart. When you read the word, you'll hear God talk to you. You can hear him talk to you through somebody else. Like if I'm talking to you today, there's different ones of you are taking different things that I'm saying. You're catching specific things I'm saying that applies to you. So you can hear God through a person, God speaking through them, and in in the word, prayer, those things. Uh, But in October 2020, I'm jumping through a lot of stuff. We're just hopping right over. I heard in the beginning of the month, I heard the Lord say to me, in my heart, just a still, small voice. And I was like, I mean, I heard, I recognized it. And he said, I will be with you. No matter what you walk through, I'll be with you. So I was alert in the spirit. I started praying, Lord, whatever's coming, prepare me. Whatever is going to happen, prepare me, prepare my family. And I was just... And I didn't have any fear at all because I, if, why would I be fearful? He said, I'll be with you. See, that's it. It's the, I'll be with you that I was staking my life on. So I uh, went for my yearly physical, which I always do a mammogram and all that. And I was real busy with ministry stuff and I almost thought, well, I'll put it off. You know, I've got things to do. I can do it a few months down the road. The Holy Spirit said, no, you go to your appointment. Okay, Lord. It's good to listen to him. He's really smart. (laughs) So, uh, on October 27th of 2020, I get a call and the doctor says, you have invasive ductal carcinoma, breast cancer. And I said, okay. And from that moment until the end of the year, I was just thrown into this whole regimen of um, ultrasounds, uh, CAT scans, uh, biopsies, uh, surgery, two surgeries. I mean, it was one thing after another, after another, and after another. And I would just say, okay, Lord, help me. And I knew, it's it's kind of funny, because, I mean, you, you gotta laugh at certain things, right? And so I kept. We did a photo shoot for my website, and so my to try to do a new introduction for my TV program right in the beginning of October. And I was looking at the pictures, and I'd notice I would I would try to get. I thought my color just doesn't look right, and I'm so tired. And so I told Don, my friend and my assistant from Richard, I said, I just can't put enough makeup on. You know that'll preach. <laughs> I was—I mean, I was trying my best to give myself some color, and I just still look green. And, uh, but, but you know, sometimes you just can't fix it yourself, you know, and, uh, but, so I'm going through all of this, and and then uh, after they do all the tests and all those things, thank you, they sent me to Tex, Texas Oncology here in town. And I had, you know, met with a doctor, and they had all the test results and all that. And what they found was, they told me all the time, let me back up. They had told me the whole time, you're not going to have to have chemo. In my spirit, I kept hearing the Lord say, you're going to have chemo. But I didn't say it out loud. I just kept, okay, you know, just, just being silent about that. And he said, no, we, we got it all when we did the lumpectomies and all that. And you're not going to have to have chemo. You're just going to need radiation for a month. Went back in, and this one test that came back, it can tell by your own DNA if you have a real high risk of it coming back. And I had a fast-growing, multiplying cancer. And so we had all prayed. Everybody was praying. Lord, give this doctor wisdom for me, my plan. And so she said, "Loretta," she said, "Uh, you really need to have chemo. I was not shocked at all. And I was sitting there and my daughter was with me. She wasn't shocked either. And she said, I wouldn't play those odds in Vegas. You need to have this to, so that it doesn't reoccur. I said, okay. And so we started that in January. Now I'm gonna tell you, chemo is no joke. <laughs> it's no joke, that's for sure. But God has given me grace. And at first, in the beginning, you know what the devil tried to do? Right in the very beginning, he said, You're going to die from this. You're going to die. And I said, And I, and I just looked at it and I was thinking about that and I was praying. And I said out loud, I said, Devil, you can't threaten me with heaven. <laughs> How stupid is that? You cannot threaten me with heaven. I mean, for real. Isn't that like the ultimate? And I'm like, so, you know what? It just took all the wind out of him. Truly. He had nothing left because I went to the to the most horrifying thing in the natural. I went to the worst thing that you can think of in the natural. And just it just took the power away from him. <laughs> and that fear because I wasn't I I heard what he said, but I didn't dwell on it. I didn't let it get in me. Y'all know what I'm saying? If you will take immediately what the enemy is, the bill of goods he's trying to sell you that's totally opposite to the Word of God, if you will cast those thoughts down, he does, there's no root. Uh, the Bible says, casting down every ima- imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity. Did you know you can do that? You don't have to lay there with your, uh, at night with your mind going wild about what's going to happen to you or your children or how you're going to eat or what, what the future holds. You don't have to live life afraid. Come on now. That's good news. You don't have to live life with no peace. You can begin to cast those thoughts down. You just, In the name of Jesus, I just cast down that fear. In the name of Jesus, I command it to go. And if I can think of another scripture that counteracts it, I exchange it for that and I speak that out. God's not giving me a spirit of fear. You know, there's so many simple things that are so basic that are tools for us to live a victorious life. Tools to live a different life, to have a different outcome for you and your children. And it's not you don't have to have a a big degree. I'm four degrees. I'm not down in that. But if I would had to have a degree and have gone to Bible college and all that, I wouldn't be standing here. But I'm telling you, my mother was manic depressive, and she was on all kinds of medications um, that because of what had happened to her before. And it's like, Mama, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live depressed and fearful and anxious. Are y'all you all still with me? And so when that fear came, I had a choice. Fear came knocking on my door. You're going to die. So what? But then I spoke out and I said, but you, know, you, can't, you cannot threaten me with heaven, but I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I'm going to live many more decades because I have a calling and assignment on my life, and it's to preach the gospel. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> And so your focus, you have to take your focus, ladies, and change it. I mean, well, you have to know, why are you here on this earth? Ask God. And when the devil, I see the devil was trying to cut it short. He's like, I've got to shut this crazy woman up. She's wild. I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of trying to, you know, behave a little bit here. It's hard. But, I mean, I'm, like, wild when I start moving in the gifts of the Spirit and all that. You know, I'm just like, okay, God, let's do this thing. Do it, God. Show up. But, you know, you can can walk in that. It's not just for me. It's for y'all. And so that fear, when it came around, it had to go. I couldn't let it take root. And if there are some things in your life, if there are some thought patterns in your life that has taken root, you can pull that sucker down. You can change your thoughts. I'm gonna do a little I'm gonna do a little demonstration. I saw Joyce Meyer do this years ago. Okay. I want you all to start counting out loud to me, and then when I tell you to do the next thing, do that. So start counting out loud. One, two, just keep counting. Say your name. See how quickly you changed your thoughts. See how quickly you went in a different direction. Come on. Can you relate that to you in your real life? In, your, in the spiritual things? And maybe things that you've been thinking and you've, been, you've come out and you think, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it as a single mom. And, you know, what about my kid's future? And uh, I'm not enough. I used to, th- I felt like I was damaged goods. I wasn't enough. I was unworthy. Nobody would ever want me. And there was nothing worth value, uh, value in my life that is so not true and it's not true about you it is no ladies there is a if you are a born again believer and if you aren't we can fix that in a minute if you are a born again washed in the blood of jesus you are an explosion waiting to happen for god you know one uh, you shall receive power. That's dunamis power. We, that's where we get our English word dynamite. When you begin to throw that power of the Holy Spirit like a stick of dynamite in the enemy's stronghold, buddy, he's going to have to run. If I don't, my whole goal is when I leave here that you know you can do it too. You can do it too. So. We came to the, we turned the table on the enemy. That's what y'all are going to do. And God began to do so many things in chemo. I'm going to tell you what. I am not, I do not regret one moment of it. It was not easy. Obviously, I lost all my blonde thick hair. Had to wear fake eyelashes. But you know what? It's okay it changed my perspective. I realized how many hours and hours I spent on that thick blonde hair. And I'm like, wow. I mean, really, I was like, that is scary. And I realized that I was so inordinately, I guess that would be the word, obsessive about my hair and my makeup my clothes and the Lord showed me that I was still trying to uh, have the approval of others and I was more worried about how I looked than I needed to be. Now, I'm always going to wear my makeup (laughs) and dress up because I like it but God began to, there was some, some vanity in there that, honey when they take away When your hair goes and you gain 35 pounds in chemo, it's just like, whatever. (laughs) I'm free now. And the Holy Spirit, I did buy a wig. I wore it one time. One time. Because the Lord uh, asked me if I would be vulnerable and that he was going to use this for his glory. And if I'd had a wig on my head, I wouldn't have the multitudes of people that keep coming up to me and talking to me and I get to share Jesus. And plus, amen, amen, amen. It's like a, a beacon. <laughs> it's like a signal. And people just start coming. In. I can be in the store wherever. Oh, are you having chemo? Yes, yes. And and I get to talk, or they tell me their story, or they ask me to pray for them, and I get to talk about Jesus. And every time I go to the chemo waiting room, I mean the waiting room out there before you go back in there, my goal is to start a conversation with the whole room when I walk in. Hi, everybody. And just see who bites. And then we just start talking, right? And when we go back to the chemo room, I ask the Lord, who do I need to sit by? Some of them have the biggest, brightest smile, and they have such peace and joy. And some of them, you can see fear and hopelessness all over them. But the so it wasn't easy. For a while, I wore some of those little caps. Finally, I said, I ain't doing it. I'm taking that sucker off. This is what it is. This is real. This is what I'm dealing with, and so are other people. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to hang my head in shame. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to feel like I'm not good enough. Because, see, God took that away. I don't have to try to prove, okay, I look okay today because, I mean, you know, is everything just right? I can just be me. It was one of the most freeing, liberating experiences of my life. Can y'all, really, can y'all understand that? I mean, it sounds crazy, but I am telling you that God took what the enemy meant to knock me down with, shut me up, cause me to sit around feeling sorry for myself and depressed and to keep me hidden away. I just started going on Facebook Live. I did TV programs with no hair. I thought they'll either watch or they won't. (laughs) They'll either listen or they won't. Here it is. You know? And so... um, that's just something that is amazing to me. And the Holy Spirit began to, when he, the Word of God just kept coming to me. You're, you're right there in my hands. Don't be fearful, okay? It's doable. I found out it's doable to go chemo, go do chemo. I mean, isn't that kind of like in your brain, you think that's like the worst thing? Chemo, cancer and chemo. It has turned into the most fruitful expansion of my ministry. I mean, it is like opened up a whole new harvest field in H-E-B, in Walmart, wherever I go, because people always say, you have such a beautiful head? And I go, thank you. You know, I'm thinking who even knew what it looked like under there after all that hair? Because I had a lot of hair, baby, a lot of hair. And, um, but see, the the enemy thought he was going to shut me up or kill me. Now, and I look at this, too, the grace of God that said, the way to go get your mammogram. Don't put it off. I was like, okay. Because if I'd have waited several months down the road, that could have been a whole lot different. But the Holy Spirit just like, stop, you're not so busy, you can't do this, girl. Go on up there. I mean, me and God have a relationship that he can talk real to me because that's what I need, right? And so I began to have the whole new perspective change of what's really important, priorities. Sometimes we spend so much energy and time and worry on things that really don't matter. When we need to line up with heaven. Are, we, are y'all still good? Are y'all still with me? I know I'm going long here. I'm going to end up here soon. But we, we need to line with heaven and think the thoughts that God thinks. See, God wants to show up for you in the most difficult places. In your most... In your biggest battles, he wants to show up for you. He wants to be big in your life. He, he wants you to know what he can do in your life. Just give it to him. Who he wants to be in your life, uh, what he wants to do in your life, and how you should respond to it. I had a choice. When you get that cancer, if, cancer is a formidable foe in the natural. But God has given me grace to walk through this, and so Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. So, fixing it. I'm going to finish up here shortly. How much more time do we have, But how much? About ten minutes. Ten minutes. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. So, um, so, I'm going to read real quickly Isaiah 35. I'm going to read this over you. Your theme of your conference is flourish, okay? Okay, don't laugh. I'm just going to walk around like this. No cover. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Version. And I'm going to declare that God's doing this for you. This talks about a wilderness or a desert. And in the Bible, wilderness and deserts symbolize trouble, difficulties, trials, uh, suffering, you know? And... um, but it can also signify, listen to this, a place of intimacy and privacy. Because in Song of Solomon, it says, Who is this who comes up out of the wilderness leaning upon her beloved? And the beloved is the Lord. You can come up out of the wilderness just leaning. on That's the only way to get out of it is really leaning on him. So let me read Y'all open up your ears. Open up your spiritual ears. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the rose and the autumn crocus." I don't know if you've ever been in a true desert. I have. I've been in Saudi Arabia. That's a desert. There's, there's not a, hardly anything green, and I'm sorry it's ugly. Big Ben is a little, is prettier, has its own unique beauty, but it's a desert. It, it's hard for things to grow. It shall blossom. Think of this as your life. This is your life. You shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing the glory of lebanon shall be given to it the excellency of mount carmel and the plain of sharon they shall see the glory of the lord the majesty and splendor and excellency of our god remember that's all going to happen in the desert in the wilderness strengthen this is what god is doing for y'all today strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble and tottering knees. Man, I've had times when I felt like I was just shaking. Say to those who have a fearful and hasty heart, be strong, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance against the enemy, with the recompense of God. He will bring back what has been stolen and he will come and save you. Somebody ought to give God a hallelujah on that. He will come and save you. Now listen, the eyes of the blind shall be opened. Your spiritual eyes, I believe today, are being opened to new things so that you can walk into the fullness of what God has for you. The scales are falling off of your eyes. The blindness, the things and the blessings and what God was doing in your life that you couldn't see. Today, your blind eyes are being opened. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The... And the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. I believed in this whole day your spiritual ears have been opened to hear what the Spirit of God would say to you and you. See, I can be saying a lot of things to a lot of people, but you grab what is for you. Your spiritual ears are unstopped so that you can grow and blossom in the desert. Then shall the lame man leap like a heart. Where you were crippled and handicapped before and you couldn't seem to move forward, I declare over you today there's a new freedom that you are able to jump like the heart or the deer, that you're able to get up and move where you couldn't before and move into all God has for you. The, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing for joy. Listen, you're going to be able to speak out of your mouth what you need to say. You're going to be able to speak rightly in the name of Jesus. Your speech is going to change because your mind is going to be changed because you have the mind of Christ. Through this day, you've gained new information that will help you. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, you will be able to apply it. And it matters what you speak out of your mouth. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. That's what's happened to me in this wilderness of cancer and chemo waters have burst forth and the burning sand and the mirage shall become a pool you know what a mirage is Mm -hmm. it's something that you think is going to be there it's going to help you and you end up being disappointed because it's not real it's just a figment of your imagination god's not a mirage he is a mighty helper and a mighty god you are not looking at a mirage you are looking at the help of God. And, okay, the, at the, and the burning sand and the mirage shall become a pool. There's another scripture in Psalms that says, passing through the valley of weeping, they shall make it pools of water. Sometimes when you go through weeping times, you are being the most blessed and refreshed, and you're going to be so fruitful. And, uh, in the haunt of jackals, where they lay resting shall be grass and reeds and rushes. so in other words, that refers to you know jackals that 's things that will attack you it 's an enemy where the enemy has haunted you and your past or what the things that you 're walking through and saying it 's never going to work nothing 's ever going to change no it can be it 's changing into a flourishing, flourishing place and I right now I want us to do something if I can. I don't know how well y'all going to be able to see this because we're fixing the end. Let me see if I can do this real quick. It's only 28 seconds, y'all. On Tuesday, I'm not talking last Tuesday. The Tuesday I'm talking about three days ago, I finished my chemo treatments. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> and they kept talking about this bell. I thought it was symbolic. They kept saying, you're going to ring that bell? And I'm like, okay, what bell? I didn't know it was a real bell. Yeah. And so on Tuesday, that's when I rang it. Y'all may not be able to all see this, but turn it around, and I'll see if I can get this. And I want y'all to hear this. Oh, oh wait a minute. I mean, you got your volume off, don't you? Okay. okay. Can you do yeah. it now? I think so. Nope. Praise God. Okay, go thank back, go back. Shh, Lou Ada, be quiet. And thank all for praying. Shlueda, calm down. Okay. Ready? Our last chemo, y'all. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for getting me through this. And thank you all for praying for me, loving me, supporting me, sending cards food, money. I just appreciate you. Thank you so much. Hold it up higher. And today is the day. It is finished. Woo! Come on, y'all. Stand up. Hallelujah! Now, you're ringing your own bell. I kept, once they told me about this bell, and they told me it was real, I kept my focus. I'm going to ring that bell. I'm gonna, When I was sick, when my head was hurting, when I felt like I couldn't move, I'm going to ring that bell. And I'm going to tell you what, the same God that brought me through all that is going to bring it. And this is a bell. I want you to take it with you of freedom and victory. And when you feel discouraged, you look at that bell. Lueda rang that bell. You're going to ring the bell. So do it one more time in the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Now, if I'm just going to pray over y'all real quick, right? I have time to pray. Okay, I want y'all to stand up. Keep standing up. I want you to close your eyes, okay? This is a holy moment that God has brought you through, brought you to. Come, Holy Spirit. Sweep over this place, Holy Spirit. You can just breathe him in. Hallelujah. With your eyes continue to be closed. Nobody looking around. First thing I want to do and ask, is there anyone in here that you have never asked Jesus Christ into your heart? You've never given your life to him. You don't have that relationship I was talking about. If that's you, you don't have to come up here. Nobody's going to look at you. But this is your a divine moment in time, a divine season for a life change. So all I'm asking, if you have not accepted Christ, repented of your sins, ask him into your heart, ask him to take over your life, and you want to, Raise your hands. Everybody keep your eyes closed. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Okay. So you can put your hands down and now I want us all to repeat this prayer out loud. Okay. We're all gonna do this with our sisters. Lord, Lord I come to you. I come to you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I believe, Lord. That you, are the son of God. that you are the son of God you were born of a virgin you, a virgin. you came to earth to die on a cross for me, me. I ask you now, ask you now to, forgive to forgive me of my sins wash me in the blood, me in the blood. Change, me. change me change my heart change my, heart. Change my might I give you my past, I give you today, today. and I give you all my tomorrows. tomorrows. Jesus, Jesus. I want you, you. and I need you. you. Speak to me, me. and lead me. I look to you, you. in Jesus' name, name. Amen. amen. Now continue to keep your eyes closed. There's someone here. You have accepted Christ, but you feel like there's something holding your back, or you feel like you've kind of drifted away. Raise your hand. I see those hands. Yes, I see those hands. I see those hands. Yes, 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 yes. I want y'all to repeat this prayer after me. Lord, all of us. Lord, I rededicate. I recommit. Myself to you. Cleanse me. Wash me. Take over, Lord. Be the Lord of my life. Change my thoughts. Give me your heavenly perspective. Give me ears to hear what your spirit is saying. I need you. I draw close to you. And I thank you. You draw close to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Go and keep your eyes closed a minute so the Lord wants you to know there's no distance between you and him. He's right here. He's right here. Now, I'm going to take just a couple more minutes and I'm going to pray to break off some strongholds over you and your family. And if that's something you want, just raise your hand. Okay? All right. So Father, I come right now in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ, the name above all names that every principality and power has to bow to. I thank you, Jesus, that you made an open show of the enemy, divesting him of his power, and you took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and you gave us the keys of the kingdom to bind up and to loose. And Lord, I thank you that there's power right now in this room, and there's faith in this room. Lord, right now I speak for faith. I command faith to rise up in these women, Lord, for a change, for a divine encounter with you. I just declare right now, faith, rise up in Jesus' name. Now, in the name of Jesus, Father, I come and I bind up and I take authority over these uh, demonic generational curses. Lord, I know there's some women here that have faced the same things I have, but God, you're a good God and so Father, in the name of Jesus, I come and I begin to bind up and take authority and break off the power of the enemy to hold these women I break off the generational curses of alcoholism, drug addiction in the name of Jesus Christ, incest and sexual perversion in the name of Jesus I break it off depression and fear in the name of Jesus Christ oh. Lord, the chains that have had them bound right now, I command them to fall at the feet of Jesus. And I declare, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Father, I pray that you would begin to cause these women to rise up in freedom. And Lord, I break off the spirit of suicide. I break off the spirit of unworthiness and feeling like they're damaged goods. I break off the spirit of rejection and abandonment and an orphan spirit off of them. In the name of Jesus, and Father, I release your love. I release your love and your comfort of who they are in you, God. And that, Father God, they are clean, they are pure, they are loved, they are lovely, they are full of worth. They are children of God. Father, begin to cause their thoughts to align with that. And Lord, let it filter all the way down to their children and their children's children, their children's children. I thank you, Father God. I declare in the name of Jesus that you are delivered and set free, that you are a room full of generational curse breakers and women that pass down the blessings and experience the blessings. I bless you in the name of the Lord. And Lord, I just pray that your fire of your Holy Spirit would land upon them and light them up and fill them up. The power of your spirit. Give them a love for you and a hunger for you. I pray that they would be on fire with your presence and have such a hunger for your word. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord sees you. He sees you. You are seen. You are not hidden. You are beloved, and you are called forward. No longer face backwards, no longer look backwards, but look forward in the name of Jesus. Behold, I have plans for a future and a hope to bless you and give you an expected end. Thank you, Father. Just sweep over him right now. Lord, let this whole day be a life-changing event. God, to you be the glory. To you be the honor. Great things you have done. I just feel like the Lord wants me to tell you that he wants to take you on a journey out of the wilderness, bringing you out of it into a place of flourishing. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't get delivered from the fire. They were delivered through the fire and it came out on the other side. And God is bringing you through. Take heart. Take heart, little ones. Take heart. God is bringing you through, and He's got amazing things. Go on this journey with Him. He has amazing things for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Woo-hoo! Thank you, Jesus.